I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why are you wearing great joggies in front of the boys as well? You're <laughs> <laughs> Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode 295. Unless folks, it's not going to be a pretty one, but I am joined by two pretty men, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you, and Melly. Yes, Thank you, the prettiest men in Celtic podcasting. I think you'll agree. <laughs> Listen, Stephen, you said prior to recording, it's been a while. No, it was you, Melly, but Melly said prior to recording, Stephen, that it's been a while since we've had a crap week to talk about. Mm. It's been a crap week. That's not been the best. It has been a, a little bit of a bit of a slog to get through this week, to be honest. Then. Mm. The writing was on the wall, well, quite literally, when uh, Ange announced his team for Thursday night, and it basically didn't really get any better from that point onwards, <laughs> to be honest. But no, any goals? Have we haven't even nope. scored this week? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be clutching at straws, but listen, it's still going to be the usual fun, entertaining 20 minutes <laughs> as it used to. So subscribe, comment, and uh, hit like. Melly, nothing to hit like about this week, though, is there? Uh, no, not really. The only thing you can say is we're still the same points ahead as we were going into the weekend. And after Celtic's game yesterday, you really feared the worst, thinking after a week where we got ahead and that wee, wee bit of a gap, we've sort of let it go, especially after going out of Europe when you look at that team and go, do you know what, maybe we're just concentrating on the league to then drop points in the game right after that where the team's meant to be fresh and boy oh boy they did not look fresh but Stephen this wasn't the deal we were sold was it because when the Bodo lineup came out yeah we looked at the game and went okay cool so he's basically if I was being harsh I could say throwing the towel in <laughs> in Europe here if I was being charitable I could say that the manager was utilising his squad <laughs> um, to navigate the tie whatever we want to slice it that Bodo lineup was picked with the Hibs game in mind and it didn't pay off well there's only two possibles there's only two possible ways to look at it either A we just totally chucked it and threw the second string team in a bid to really just minimise damage to the squad and get sent packing from mm. Europe or that genuinely was the team that Ange Postogoglu believed could get the job done <laughs> on the night I know which one I'm mm. more inclined to believe. Uh, it was a bit it was a bit of a sore one, to be honest, because you know, we all got up for it. We all thought, right, it was a bit of a tank and we took it home, but we're still in this. We're still, you know, I'd, we've got to go to Bodo and get something. I would love it. I would love it <laughs> Especially if we get out the away goals thing this yeah, year. Yeah. Two 0 we're back we're back in it, aren't we? But yeah. see, look, I was surprised though. Yeah. I, I, I mean I'm a bit annoyed that we did throw in the till because mm. you don't really, you're not really used to seeing Celtic managers do that. Do you know what I mean? And it was only Bodo. I, I know they were good. I know they were good at Celtic Park, Melly. But an, an early goal when you're right back in that tie, an early goal when you're putting the pressure on them, but when you're not playing your best players and when you're sending out some of the players that we will get to, you're, you're really limiting your chances of getting that early goal. Now, another way you could have approached it was send out your best players, see how the first half goes, and if it's not going well, ring the changes and then mm. save some bodies. But I just thought doing it the other way about it, I was a wee bit disappointed to see that approach really and then when we didn't get the result against Hibs I was even more disappointed. Yeah, look, just on the night as well when the team comes out you're, it's like Stephen said on the build-up to it we're obviously talking that during the, the day about doing the, the big match build-up and all that and then you get to it and you're like ah, oh, he's not even bothered <laughs> about it. Yeah. So you, even, it does Are you a, shocked to see a Celtic manager take that approach to a game against Bodo Glint a game that wasn't it's not like we're beat five six nil. You know there was there was a a slim lifeline in the, in the tie left. Yeah, well, I didn't think even if Celtic had to play the the first team, they they would have got the result. But at the same time, I'd have liked to have seen it because yeah, yeah. I think you know it's European football. They get an early goal over at Celtic Park. If they don't get that, 
the game's completely mm. different. So if we get an early goal there, then we could have maybe went on to do something, got some confidence up. So I think, yeah, I was quite shocked to see it, especially as Andrew's well. We've seen him this season, like Raul Betis, he's like, no, Kyogo's going on yeah. a couple of minutes, 20 minutes into the game for Sunday. So he's he's thrown caution to the win before and it's backfired. Maybe that is why he's taking this approach in this game. But being a Celtic fan growing up, watching Celtic in Europe that was what I was raised on and to see Celtic go into that game and just and pretty much say we're not going to get through I probably not but you still want to see your team go out fighting Stephen which player of that lineup when you saw his name on the start and the living you went ah, Ange doesn't fancy winning this today which player was it that signalled to you SOS or, or a big white flag Liam Scales was that Liam Scales Liam Scales and that's I'm not casting aspersions on his overall ability but when I saw him in the team and near Beaton mm. in the team, I thought there's absolutely no way you pick that team if you're get any designs on winning this at all. You don't do it. You, you don't. You don't leave out Callum McGregor if this is a must-win game. No. You just don't do yeah. it. You don't drop Jota. You don't drop Greg Taylor. You you just don't do these things. But I think Taylor and Welsh both being in that team signaled to me that it was basically the, the beginning of the end. Scales, you mean? Sorry, yes, yeah. uh, scales, scales and um, scales and Welsh were the two guys that basically stood out as being inexcusable choices mm. not, I mean I, I don't mind them being in the team on occasion but there's no getting away from the, the fact that it, it, seeing them in the team it means, sends a message yeah we're not going to win this it, year it sends a message I think after the game you could probably look at some of the performances and go you know what pre-match we were right to be worried about some yeah. uh, about some of these guys um, near Bitton as well I, I, <laughs> I, I know we sort of joke about the Bitton bullshit and he's come in a few times and he's did okay for us but that performance there was just typical near bit on in Europe, wasn't it? Yeah, that, this is the kind of problem I have at the end of last season. I said, look, Rogic, Griffiths and Bitton, I want them gone because they're just there. And if you keep them around, you're going to need to play them at some point because you don't get rid of them and don't replace them. There's barely been a Celtic player in that sort of mould, a guy that doesn't play every week that we've got rid of and we've regretted. Yeah. Now, Tom Rogic has come in this season and done really well in parts, but I don't want to see him starting a European away game ever again. Probably not even a European home game, but when near Beaton, if Ange Postacoglu wants to play the way he plays, near Beaton simply cannot play. And even I'll even extend it to Scotland now because I'm tired of saying, aye, he done all right, but I'm giving him the... He done all right for near Beaton. He came on, he was effective, but that's not enough. Every time he plays in that number six and Carl McGregor doesn't there, Celtic are slow on everything they do. And it's not even on the ball, it was off the ball. Like he's just watching the guy at the mm. second. Well, he's not that's not the problem, actually. He's not even watching the guy for the second yes. goal. He's watching the ball. Just so pedestrian. And even the things you think you get from him, he's calm on the ball, he's good at passing. He was woeful at everything there. And just at watching that him. Rogic and James Forrest I'm like there's no place for you anymore because at some point like these games you're going to need to make an appearance for Celtic and it's just too long they're the three longest serving players in the team and the three woefulest perform is woefulest a word? it's now, <laughs> it's it's now baby <laughs> the three worst performers on the night because you can talk about why would they play? How will they experienced in Europe? Well, all the experience of any player on the pitch and they were just abject. Far too experienced in Europe for my Stephen. It's a good point uh, because now that we've established, right, we've, we've kind of set the set the tone here that mm. we accepted this game was going to go badly from the, no. the, the minute the lineup was announced. But once you've got that out of the way, it kind of, it does colour, you know, it influences your your sort of take on the game because you can't necessarily sit there and say oh we should have done better there you, the manager needs to find a way to win that game etc because it was clear from the start that they had really no interest mm -hmm. in it but once you've done all that it then boils down to individual performances and the game was woeful oh, man, yeah. absolutely woeful and it reminded me of I think we we'll probably learned quite a lot about some players in that game not, not like lasting condemnations on any of them or anything like that but I remember Years ago, it was Louis van Gaal was the manager of Man United, and they he sent out a B team to play. It was it MK, MK Dons? Mk Dons, and was they get gubbed four 0 in the cup, put out of the cup, and basically none of those players ever played again. I think Welbeck was the was the kind of main guy in that team, and none of them played basically for him again. And I think that it was basically just used as an opportunity to find out who's who's mm. absolutely no use here. I can only hope that that's basically what's what's going to come of this because some of the performances in that game were absolutely dreadful. And even if we're 
not really interested in going through. Players have still got something to prove. Well, players yeah. are still playing for their place and all that. And to turn in the level of ineptitude in that game was and the manager and the manager still he's still playing for no his job obviously because his job is down the line. But these players weren't forced upon it. It was a decision he yeah, picked yeah, them. Yeah. That was his approach to the game. And as you say, some of the the performances were absolutely mental. And the Tom Rogic thing's been discussed. Talk about your laughing, right? Yes. But Analytics there. They talk, oh, that's, that's data. <laughs> expected uh, mental. Expected mental performances. No, but like the Tom Rogic thing, I'm getting a wee bit tired of Tom Rogic because he's not been great for a while now. Mm. But he was crap and then he came good, right? But uh, you, you, you're, you, when you say we, we do this with Nier Bitton, we say he's quite good for Nier Bitton. We do that for Tom Rogic as well because the season is 38 domestic games, cup games in Europe and all that. Just could you play well in four or five domestic league games doesn't he necessarily give you a free pass for the rest of the season and there are some experienced guys in there who we, we just let off the hook and if they weren't experienced like see we'd sign James Forrest this summer look at the pelters that we gave a badder <laughs> yeah. on this very podcast yeah. and then we've got James Forrest there he's shite <laughs> I mean we, but we're, you're laughing because it's James Forrest <laughs> think oh James Forrest has been Celtic along yeah. that, that performance for James Forrest the performances that Forrest has turned in this season is terrible and if it wasn't for lack of options on that side James Forrest would either be out of the club or he'd be third or fourth choice winger. Yeah, see if in, in January we had to sign Martin Boyle and since January he'd put in the performance as James Forrest, mm. we'd be all like, waste of money. But yeah, it's because yeah. he's here and he's wee Jamesy, he's been a, a great servant in the past, fair enough. But at what point do you stop that and go, how far does that get you? Because like, Forrest, he has been good. Well, in fact, he has. he's had a few good seasons, but mm. guys like Forrest, Beaton and Rogic, They've been there for ages, but they barely, they, they're not guys you can rely on to play every week. Whereas guys like Cal McGregor, Scott Brown, it was a shock when they weren't in the team. It was through yeah. injury. But these three guys have just been around because they've not been replaced rather than anything. And look, Tom Rogic, Motherwell away, was brilliant that mm. day. But you're looking at him in Europe. We're still, we asked for it last week. When do we get this Tom Rogic performance? And watching the game, you're like, Rogic and O'Reilly was terrible at the home game. So then, with that midfield, you add in your Beaton and Cal instead of Cal McGregor and expect to get a better result. It's not going to happen. You cannot play this Ange fast-paced football in midfield, get it forward quickly with Neil Beaton and Tom Rogic in there. It's simply not going to happen. I've not seen that Ange fast-paced football for weeks now. I've almost forgotten what it looks like. That Ange fast-paced stuff. We certainly didn't see it against Bodo Glenn. Some of the goals they scored. The 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 our gameplay was laughable like one pass and they're up the pitch or the yeah. walking pace and that's happened the second cut. goal was Aye. invisible Aye. absolutely embarrassing Aye, I mean, the, I've um, I've been a big defender of Starfield on this podcast as anyone who's watched or listened to them will know I've been I even got to the point where I thought right if this continues I'm going to be sitting here listing the eight things he's done wrong <laughs> but saying but it's still fine but even he was woeful against yeah. against Bodo as well and the he did something I couldn't believe when I when I saw it, and I went on our Discord, which is a benefit of the All in Tier and our wonderful Patreon. We're service. not going to give you the hard Patreon sale this week. We just expect you to sign up for it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just get on. Wait, do you think do you think all this all this stuff you see in front? Do you think oh, this comes cheap? The answer is yes, but obviously, <laughs> but, but some of it's really expensive. But um, where on earth was I going? Oh, Starfield, yes, yeah, Starfield. He did something I couldn't believe, and I, I said, "Did anyone just see what he did there in their, their Discord forum?" And they're, they're, everyone was just. Like, incredulous that he had just done it he was making his way across from the left to the centre of the box and Tony Ralston did exactly what you're supposed to do there he made space he, he appeared between two players offering them a pass to effectively break their press and then the, from there Ralston can just turn and do what he likes with it that's the next thing that's what you worry about in a minute but instead of spotting that Starfield just continued to where he was going and just booted the ball straight out of the pitch and I was like I I can't believe what I've just witnessed there from this. Like yeah, again, I've I've really defended Starfield this season because I think he's actually a good defender. <coughs> but at some t at some points watching him, I don't know why he was signed mm. because although I do think he was he is a good defender, and at the point where I was really defending this good defender, I, I, I believe <laughs> that. But he's so bad on the ball, it, it kind well, of beggars belief. And that's one thing Ange pinpointed when he signed him. I remember I, that was a one of Ange's sarky responses to, to yeah. a, a pundit a pundit That's said right. you know and just uh, stuff that's pretty good on the ball blah 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 is that one of the reasons you signed them and he went well of course mate yeah, and I now signed he, them, yeah. yeah that's one of the reasons I signed them so and now you're looking at some of these Starfield performances in Hibs he, he shot himself yeah, with yeah. the ball at his feet against Hibs 
the thing that's worried me about Bodo and about Celtic's performances in Europe and all that this season is they're largely the same in, in so far as we just concede dozens of goals <laughs> we concede and it's literally dozens yeah. of goals I think it was 20 goals between the group the group stage and that tie there did you see Emily it was like two and a half, on average it was two and a half goals a game we concede yeah. in, in Europe you need to look at these games and go well maybe I, I, I can't play that way and I know Andrew's got this style and he wants to keep playing and he says the way we do it is get better and better and better I don't know how he quite squares that circle when you field that team because you're not going to get any better playing your worst players yeah. but a part of me is thinking right well if you're married to this way you want to play and it's not working in Europe maybe the worst thing in the world isn't, if, isn't going to be finding a plan B because it's if you want to play that way in Europe we need to go out and get much 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 better players because the guys <laughs> we've got yeah. They're just hate-managing goals. And we saw it even if you want to take the Bodo ties in isolation, some of the goals were laughable. Yeah, and look, Europe's been, it's been a wild ride this season because right at the start we were obviously, we are going to get absolutely pumped by MD because we had no players. We managed to sort of get ourselves into the Europa League and that was a bit above expectation because we got Altmar. And then yeah. when you're in the group stages, some of the performances were good, but we're conceding so many goals and it, again the, the Bodo game in both legs it just felt like like Celtic in previous Europe's where we said it under Neil Lennon all the time why one or two passes our team's right in on us mm. they seem to be one on one and just watching the game you're like, look, see the way Ange plays I think that's the way we should play short passing football be attacking and try and impose your game on it I, I don't think if Celtic where to start punting the ball long, we get any better results no. because the ball will just come back. But I think within the way you play, you can tweak things. You can play two holding midfielders in mm. there. So once Rogic and O'Reilly are up, if that if the ball breaks down, they're not in on the, on a uh, defensive midfielder. You could go four three two one with two sitting midfielders. There's different ways to do it, and well, you, that's do, the thing you don't you need to change up. much about the you're changing the formation but you're not changing the style of play or yeah, anything like that you see that quite a lot whenever you sort of say things like oh, maybe we need to find a different way to approach these games uh, people immediately go well no, would you want this to be long ball no nah, because it's no one extreme to the other yeah, it's not yeah. one or the other and I think I, I think one of the things that does get us we're just so cut open all the time in yeah. Europe and it's so quick and just, I think it was you that said that on one of the reactions or might have been that reaction podcast you're just like how do we always come up against these teams who are more athletic yeah. better passers of the ball better drilled than us and it's crazy uh, everyone seems I to keep be... calling things crazy and mental <laughs> but I mean this week has been an eye opener I think um, everyone just seems to be so much bigger and faster and stronger Aye. than us in Europe all the time I don't I don't really know what the answer to that is we're back to Gordon Strachan's genetics part <laughs> there um, so I, I don't really know what you do about that but yeah that, that it's simply can't go on mm. conceding this number of goals. Uh, that goes without saying. It's a very obvious thing to say, but we're getting, going to get nowhere. Did conceding. we have the worst defensive record in the Europa? I think we did. It was up there or well, down, the second down, worst, yeah. down there, however you want to look at it. It was definitely, because it was us in Ferenc Varos, was it not? Something at one like point that. we're trading blows at the at the top of the table for that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a thrilling title race for the worst defence in Europe. But I, it, it just, it can't go on because we need to find a way to be a wee bit more we have more solid it doesn't you're right though it doesn't involve completely throwing your principles out the window in order to get a little bit more difficult to beat mm. it's not it's not either we're a Sam Allardyce team or we're total gung-ho Ange Postecoglou there are many degrees in between those surely this week's been difficult because again I feel this is all like when we were talking about it when you were talking about it in the action podcast when you're going AK Athens, Cluj, Copenhagen and you're <laughs> rhyming off teams from the past 10 years that Celtic have been beaten by and it's just it's a familiar story again but I'm trying to sort of separate my PTSD from all that and from <laughs> yeah. last season to just look at this and go like we've done well to get through the qualifiers the group stages we had two really good teams in it that did score a lot of goals mm -hmm. and look that fair enough we got through Ferenc Varos that was fine so I'm trying to like separate that. But then when you watch this game, you're going, right, these are two one-off ties where we haven't got all the excuses of, oh, the first best game, we didn't have any players in and it was a couple of weeks after the deadline had shut, so uh, players were injured and all that. We kind of had a settled team going into this and we get ripped apart. And it the thing is, but it doesn't look hard to rip us apart. Yeah, well, that's it. In these games and... He kind of didn't get that. You could kind of give a wee bit of leeway in the group stages because it's a new team coming together. But 
team came into these games flying. We were playing really well apart for the Rafe game, but we changed the team for that. Yeah. So when you look at this game, that's why it's so disappointing. And when you're looking at Bodo Glimt as well, they'd lost a lot of players, but they are very good at what they do. And mm-hmm. you're like, but surely we can be like that. And when I'm looking well, at... What's the difference? What do you think the difference is between Bodo Glimt and us? Yeah, I think they're just a bit further on in their development. That manager's been there a few seasons. They're champions two years in a row. And when you look back on like successful Celtic managers of my lifetime, Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan, even Neil Lennon, like Brendan Rodgers, their first season, Europe is difficult. Because even like Ange, he's not really managed a big team in Europe before. He's coming into this competition. He's still new to it. All these players are new. So... You kind of get that first season in Europe where things don't look good because when Celtic's second season in Europe under managers has been pretty good. Martin O'Neill, we had the the good Champions League runs where we went up against UV and all that. Gordon Strachan, we qualified from the group stages. Lennon, well, he had a couple of years he was bad, but even Brendan Rodgers, we managed to get through in difficult into the Europa League. So I think that first season, you kind of get your team settled and then go into it. But again, it's the the conceding goals thing because it doesn't look like if Ange doesn't change what he's doing it's going to still happen I think because yeah. like Bodo Glimt we're a good team but we want to be competing with better teams than that and when you look at Rangers as well they're competing with better teams mm. and they, they don't have much better players than us Sometimes you hear these arguments it was like well you know we didn't expect to do very well in Europe and people come to us and say at the beginning of the season you said you know a decent Europa League run and, and you would take that and you think aye but that's at the beginning when you when you think we're crap yeah. but then yeah, you yeah. see how good this Celtic team can be and a result like that is harder to take and I think that's the the thing that sort of made it so difficult for me is because we've no seen Melly says the fans wants to play this fast paced close we, we never saw even a glimpse of that against Bodo at any time we no. didn't even get the chance even to like impose our style yeah. on Bodo Glimpse. so it's not like we went oh that was really close. Like we we really gave him because we we have done that. We did it against Leverkusen. We did it against Betis. These these ties looked different to the other European ties we've seen before. That and what's more worrying for me, I think, is that the the, the performance in that Bodo game, it's kind of the lackluster type performances that we've been seeing from Celtic in the last couple of weeks, just carried into a European tie. Well, I, I, I didn't realise you were going to say the last couple of weeks. I thought you were just going to say like, nothing's changed in Europe at all. Well, that, yeah, yeah, that's true as well. It's, yeah. it's the same every year, regardless of manager. And we've already spoken about the, the the list of the teams that basically put us out. It's just, it's these middling European teams that put us out every single year now. We can basically set your watch by it. I don't know why we're surprised this time because... Well, I know why we're surprised because you build yourself up and you mm. get you get carried away with the season. You set your goals at the start of the season when you've got guys like Dane Murray and all that in yeah. the team, and you think, well, uh, we'll be doing well if we get qualify for Europe and all that. Don't it's not a, that, man. it's not a slight on Dane Murray, by the way. It's just an example yeah. of where we were earlier in this this season. We got Uragidi and all that floating about the squad, so it's deflating to be honest. Because I sat here a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about how. That's the recruitment that's been done this season is basically like some of the best I've ever mm. seen. Like up there with the best I've I've had in my lifetime in terms of building an entire team. The recruitment we've just done in the previous window looked excellent. So it seemed like all the tools were there for us to do a little bit better than that. But I think I do agree with Mel. I think we're just not ready yet. I think they're just a wee bit further on in their, their journey in organising a team because... They're 28 I, games unbeaten as well, so that that's a momentum for him. I know the season finished, but... Yeah, exactly. And I, and I don't want to do that that kind of token thing where I start talking about how, like rebuilds and where, where we were last, this time last season because I, I think there's only, so point, there's only so far you can take yeah. that without boring people and it just becoming slightly trite to say that. But I think it is going to take time to put the structure in place at Celtic for success to come of this mm. um, in Europe in particular. And I think Bodo Glimt are just better at it than us for the time I, being. I mean, if I was being charitable, I could say there's an element of Bodo are a good team. We know they're a good team. Proved we know it, yeah. that they had strong players. We know that they've had strong results in Europe already. Yeah. yeah. And had they not lost the players they'd lost and had it been mid-season we probably wouldn't have expected to beat them we probably would have thought it'd been a much bigger tie yeah, yeah. but the fact that they did lose a lot of players <clears throat> the fact that it was effectively pre-season for them we sort of put that on the, the balance and the scales going well maybe that'll actually affect them negatively yeah. and in the end up it did they in yeah. the end up they managed to sign a very good profile of player that slotted right in who fitted right in they knew what they were getting and the fact that it was pre-season didn't seem to make any difference because they obviously knew these ties were coming up and just trained through and kept the fitness up like they were doing and yeah. that ultimately it was just too difficult a tie for us but I think coming back to it what gets me is 
just we didn't give a good account of ourselves. No. No. And the fact that the manager kind of sent a team out, he didn't send them out to lose because that's ridiculous. Because it's it, it, ultimately it's on the players, and they could have played a lot better than they did. And some of the performances were garbage. The most experienced team we could play, for. but that, but I just. It, there's not there was nothing of Ange ball. I'm, I'm beginning to really get <laughs> talk her. That was nothing of the yeah. Ange Postacoglu Celtic team that we've seen this season in any of those performances. No, it wasn't. And it, look, the damage was done in the first leg. It, yeah, it yeah. was when you think back to the first leg we spoke about it. Celtic weren't bad, but they just conceded goals. And when you're going to going to concede three goals at home in a first leg. It's going to be damaging. Was that the Celtic manager looking at that tie going, I, I, I don't think my team can beat them, so I'm just going to send other some other people out? Was that the Celtic manager looking at a game going, I don't think my team can win that? Because I don't think I've ever seen that before. It looks like it, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going to play your first team, yes, they might give a better account, but where are they going to beat Bodo away from home, plastic pitch and all that? Everything was against Celtic, but that was Celtic's fault because of the performance in the first leg. They let in... Poor goals, they get cut open, and even like the manager didn't learn from the first game. We're playing the same midfield, or playing a weaker midfield mm. in the second leg. It's it's a hard one to take because you're trying to give Ange Postecoglou the benefit of the doubt over there, but it's also a hard one to take for the fans. Like I was speaking to people at the game yesterday that went in that game, got a yeah. day trip there. They were on a plane for eight hours because it couldn't land and it was circling. They got off a plane, had to walk to a stadium, snow, ice everywhere, got in pissed on all over the game and had to watch that jumping a plane on the way back well uh, the rain <laughs> you uh, well maybe there was you, you have to pay extra for that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, people paid a lot of money to go to that and for the the manager to turn up to that and just go well I, I, there's no chance here so I'm just going to feel the second strings no very fair either because what's the what's Celtic's level in Europe then I mean if it's not the Champions League <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the it's not Champions League it's no Europa League and it's and it's obviously not the Conference League I mean People might be inclined to say that this, and you kind of touched on it, that this tournament has come a wee bit too early for Celtic. Yeah. But, the, the, but I, I, as much as I kind of appreciate that, I also think we've condensed a lot into a season in terms yeah. of transfers, in terms of how far the team's come, in terms of implementing a style of play. You know, I don't think there's much like of this rebuild left to do. You've got all the pieces there, you just have to make them work. So, uh, is it too early for Ange, or is it... Have we got an inflated idea? I'll come back to you just what Stephen seen on spoke for. Is is it just an inflated idea of maybe Celtic's level? Are we just did they introduce a new tournament just to show us we're not that level either? <laughs> I think there's definitely an element of that. That's that last part there. We've basically just got an inflated idea of what Celtic are just now. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's going to happen. We're all fans at the end mm. of the day. We all expect a certain level of of success, and we all we've all come to know a certain level yeah. of success. Let's face it. But in terms of the the bare facts of it, we're absolutely nowhere in Europe, and it's kind of miserable. That's, that's not no, well. That's you being a Celtic fan and getting everything over the last five years. Yeah. Whereas if you just take it this season, we done well to get in Europa League, and we competed in that, and we're put out by two teams that are better than us. Yeah, yeah. That, so we we beat Lazio what two seasons ago. So we can compete in this, but it's just last season we couldn't, and this season. We did, and then we've had this horror show in this tie. It doesn't mean Once you're cut off. Well, uh, well that's we, it. Yeah. Well, we progressed from the tournament, so we were in that. We were in that Europa League group playing well, and then we went out to two teams <laughs> that are better than us. One team who's banned from Europe next year because of fi financial irregularities. So it's two tough teams, and then we Which go. Which teams are by the way? Real Betis. Oh, is it? I don't know that. Uh, yeah. So. We're going into this, and I still think this first season is a learning curve for managers, but it's just a hard one to take because it does remind you of everything else we've been through. But if you're looking at it solely on this season, getting into Europa League was an absolute bonus because as soon as we got Alkmaar, we wrote it off yep. because they're a good team. We are in disarray here. We managed to get third spot and played played well and competed in every game. So that was good. But then we get this game and it's kind of overshadowing the rest because it was so bad. So you kind of need to take this game in isolation. I don't think you can... If we had to went out to Altmar and then get beat by Bodo in the qualifiers, you're like, where are we in Europe? We need mm. to write How this season How many points off. did we get in our Europa League group? Was it four? No, we, we beat uh, uh, Ferenc Varas twice and Betis. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. I think the, where I'm talking about the... the fuck, I get four from <laughs> <laughs> so night, it was actually quite good. Was it, oh, wait, was it four under Neil Lennon? Did we get four with Neil Lennon the season before in the Europa League? Ah, uh, we get a couple of Because I was looking uh, back, it's, so it's 
poison my mind. <laughs> where I'm talking about the inflated sense of where we should be is that we all, we all think we're you know, kind of destined to be a Champions Bodo. League team again. Like, I think that's where that's all where we need win the league. <laughs> uh, but, well, that's but that's mm. it. Right? That's where we've come from. That's where we want to be back at is the Champions League. But all we've spoken about this season is the the added incentive of automatic qualification for the Champions League that this season. But you actually imagine is playing the games of it. Like take the, forget the money and all that. Can you actually imagine is playing the games in, in the Champions League? I, I'm talking purely well, today as we record this. Oh, right? I do uh, have something on that. I do have something on that. I, 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 part of me thinks if Bodo were, for example, Dortmund, we would have given a better account of ourselves because it's probably easier to get yourself up for these games. You think big game, big tournament, big opposition. You know what I mean? We're going to really the players mentally and psycho psychologically can probably get themselves up for that. Whereas a a, a really really well drilled but small team that you may not have heard of before <laughs> called Bodo Glint maybe <laughs> mentally you don't prepare yourself so much for that. You think there's anything in that? Uh, maybe I, I could imagine that it's tremendously disrespectful. And, uh, <laughs> there's no Bodo people watching this, <laughs> and it is it is laced with hubris. But um, are you saying Bodo Glint in the first ever UEFA Cup? European Conference League is that what it's called <laughs> yeah. isn't, isn't a big tie for well, I'm, look I'm not so concerned about being disrespectful to Bodo Glint because we, we sit here every week and call James Forrest shite <laughs> and members of his family probably watch this so I don't think there's anybody from Bodo watching it for a start but what I'm saying is well I think deep down we want to be Bodo Glint we want to be that European team that sort of come under the radar a wee bit and, and take a scalp like we've we've had in the past yeah uh, we do we definitely do and I think I think Mel is right I think we could be on the way to that I think we could be on the way to, to that again but what, in summary what I, was, what I was talking about where we currently are you need to take the bare facts of it and we're mm. just the, mm. tried to qualify for the Champions League didn't manage it went out of the Europa League after a, some decent games right enough and then went out of the Conference League and if, uh, yeah with a, with a fart as, <laughs> as Jamie put it the, the other night on the reaction I think it was um, so the, the the absolute facts of it as we sit here today we're, we're at nothing in yeah. Europe currently that doesn't mean we're always going to be that way but I think we're at the, the very very start of this of this journey hopefully we can get better but um, are we a a Champions League ready team at the moment we're absolutely miles off it Quality sleep is essential that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Now listen, Cupid works hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working even harder to ensure that your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with our Performance Package 4.0, which includes our signature lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Now we have an exclusive offer for you. Go to manscaped.com and insert code TIMS for 20% off. That's not unsubstantial. And free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind, especially when you can't see it past a love jungle. That is the copy we were given. I apologise. This package also includes the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer to whack the worst of your weed. So it's not just below the waist grooming, it's above the waist grooming, an area that's often overlooked. Manscaped even threw in two other free gifts, their shed travel bag and a pair of our anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys cool and collected. That whole package, 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com, use code TIMS. Do you think, given that Ange Postacoglu is not daft, I know we're always told he sticks to the one style of play, but if you look back at his career, he's played different formations yeah. at different teams he's been at. He, he, he does adapt to oh, things. Managing has it some yeah, 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 I don't yeah. believe for a minute, <laughs> by the way, incidentally, I know you didn't say that, but you sort of touched you, you skirted the issue that there's this Ange when he says I only play I want to play our brand I don't that's not religiously one type of football that no, he yeah, always yeah. plays you know it's not literal some people think it yeah, some so people out there think it's literal but you do that in one day just turn up the first day of the season right this is how we play see you yeah, see you in May guys well, we played this way against Rangers and Livingston and St Johnson and Wraith Rovers and Albion Rovers you've got it we guys we play yeah. one way <laughs> no there, there will be tweaks he makes in there but do you see him making the tweaks necessary for us to stop conceding goals or do you think it is the fact that look see in what we on in mm. six to seven months time when we're either qual- try to qualify for the Champions League or in the qual- yeah, Champions League will these players plus maybe say three quality players coming into this squad will that be enough for Celtic to compete in the Champions League because going into the Champions League having not been there for so long Celtic aren't going to qualify from their group even if they're in it we're looking to get third place probably and not get nil point mm. so it's going to be difficult no matter what but do you think he will tweak things? Well I think he, I think he can tweak things right but I'm reluctant to get involved in the argument that says um, we need better players if we keep signing better players because that's an infinite argument you know yeah. you go at the chat oh well if we just buy better players buy better players buy better, right. better players so the manager has to as Stephen said manage he has to work with what he's got I think it's difficult to judge the European, like you can't look at the Bodo away game because I think the home game is more representative yeah. of the team that's going to yeah. that's going to take the park. So you think, well, you look at that Bodo home game and you think, how could we have won? That? How could we have won that? What went wrong in that Bodo home game? You could probably use a better centre half, a better left back, Kyogo as well. Maybe get Kyogo in, involved, and then maybe if you've got those better players and we play with the the style that we were looking to play with, maybe you get a better result. But again, it just brings me back to my very first point. You, you, the manager just can't constantly go, I didn't want league better players. You know, you just it's no, it's not going to happen at Celtic. You're not going to get Champions League players. So if you want to progress in these tournaments, you have to be a bit canny. You have to be a bit imaginative with the resources you've got. Which, which we have done this season. Yeah. We spoke about how good the recruitment's been and that's why that this tie was so like, ah, because you thought, oh, we're going somewhere here that maybe mm. once we get this, we could win this tie and then maybe get another one and it'd be a nice wee run coupled that with winning the cup in the league. So you're like, oh, yes, but then it'd be brought crashing back down to earth and all the memories <laughs> come flooding back in <laughs> previous what's seasons. The, what's, the, what's the measurement of the progress we've made, Stephen, if not Europe? I'll be just back to this flat track. But okay, so we're we're doing okay in the league. We're not going to break any records in the league looking by it, but we've improved massively on last season. Yeah, yeah. But there comes an element of last season where you just have to accept that at one point in the league, the players knew the, the game was a jig. The manager knew the game was a jig. Celtic was probably a toxic place to work in. Eventually, tools went down. Uh, by so, November to January, it was... Yeah, so you can't really compare like for like in the league at all, at all times. So Europe is probably the litmus test and we're back to this flat track bullies argument. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, that always is. We're always going to judge Celtic managers on their performance in Europe to a point, mm. though, because I think like, Brendan Rodgers didn't really do anything in no, Europe. No. A couple of decent results here and there did really well against Man City quite early on and that kind of set the... That, that kind of set the expectations maybe a wee bit too high and then mm. we get tankings off the other big teams that came, came up against but I don't know if that's that certainly hasn't tarnished his legacy unlike the the other stuff yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. sneaking at the back door and stuff like that so uh, it's not going to be the only test that you 
that you're measured against with as a, a Celtic manager. But it's a big one. It is a big one because whether we want to say it out loud or not, we are you know, big fish in a small pond. Mm. And it's the, the Celtic Rangers dynamic is the kind of main one in the league. So yeah, beating them to the league after what happened last season is going to be huge. But I think by and large, most, if not every fan, is going to have that kind of. Well, we need to do something in Europe. That's the is the without again without being too trite about it. It's a tradition. It's the it's the Celtic way and all yeah. that and any other number of cliches that, that I'm spouting here. But that's the reality of it. It's a it's a European it's a storied European club, and we need to be somewhere in Europe. I think if you're looking at it this season compared to last, we've definitely progressed in Europe because yeah. the, the tankings we took mm. off Sparta Prague were the <laughs> the worst, the most embarrassing. How have I managed to talk about that two weeks in a row? I and here, goodness me, just a wee reminder, Stephen. <laughs> so and, looking and, up to Sparta Prague, have a hover above the stadium. <laughs> yeah. How am I doing, boss? <laughs> <laughs> so in, in that sense, we have, and I, I think it's just that first leg absolutely killed us here. Mm. It was one of those games like we barely could, we. Then they concede a lot of chances, but they were clinical, and that's what you're up against in Europe. So now, this is a brand new team, yes, rebuilding all that. But these players, a lot of them haven't played in Europe before, so you can take that as a learning curve for them and the manager. But if if it's going to be a learning curve, you have to learn from it. Yeah. We can't go into Europe next season and see the same things because it'll wear very, very thin. Yeah, we can play well and domestically and play brilliantly, but you have to manage that and do well in Europe as well because it's not enough to be just be winning trebles then getting scalped in Europe we'll take going into whatever competition and competing I don't think we expect to because we see Liverpool, Porto and Man City Sport and Lisbon like was it 5 and 6 nil those yeah, game finishes yeah. so they're better teams than us but we want to be if we get into these competitions we have to be doing better than that against Bodo Glimt and it's not not always down to the players as well. The manager has to go, right, maybe I do need to adapt how I've set the team out. You don't need to just punt it long or you can still keep the same philosophy, but you need to change something. He needs because... to find a way, doesn't he? He needs to, he needs to find a way and look at that. There's not going to be any major, but probably no. just and, and, do it with the players we've got. And that, that's it. And that's it. And I think part of the thing is we've got a squad and there's players that we can use and we, we utilise that squad against Bodo away uh, to give us the best chance of getting a result against Hibs and thank fuck we did Stephen. I've been thinking about this <laughs> right see if you go through a game not looking like you want to win at all mm. like not scoring not really mm. creating all, all that many clear cut chances if you if you play out a 0-0 draw it is literally impossible for you to throw away a 2-0 lead at home <laughs> memed myself there yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, of course I'm, I'm talking to other events the, the same afternoon, mm. which made us majorly get after one. Yes. Yep. Majorly. We, rig, we, wriggled <laughs> off, we wriggled off that hook that, big time. I'd already resigned myself to it being one point. One yeah. point going into the next uh, set of games, and I, that did not look like a, a good proposition at all. Uh, but they've managed to bail us out there. But uh, the Hibs game was <laughs> another, another disappointment. Yeah, another deep disappointment. Melo, you were at it. I didn't Oof. envy you that at all. It was... It, it's, it's left me thinking that it's happened before this season. Um, we had a, a chat months ago, I think it was now, where we we had kind of run into a bit of a, a dearth of creativity in the team. Uh, I said, was it just last week, I said we had a problem out wide. I yeah. didn't think mm-hmm. the wingers were functioning all that well. I didn't realise it was going to kind of bite, bite as, as quickly as that. But there was previously this season where we just sort of ran out of ideas going forward. But that coincided with not having Kyogo. I think there were several players injured. I think yeah. it was Jota and Abada both out as well. With Turnbull, and Kyogo were yeah, yeah, well. that's right. Turnbull was playing through the middle at one point, and I thought, right, we're not playing particularly well just now. But here's probably the reasons why we've not got an attack force here. And the reason I remember that so clearly is because there were some whispers that it was being blamed on the silent protest. Remember, oh, there was, that's there was, right. Yeah, there was that's a few right. fan silent protests, and everyone's like, "Oh, see, they're affecting the results." I'm like, "I've got David Turnbull playing centre forward." <laughs> in it. I remember we had uh, Juranovic and Owen Moffat against St. Mirren. <laughs> that's, that's right. I, so, I don't think that's like this though. I think we've basically just hit some bad form. I think that I think the team's yeah. just out of form. That was always going to happen. Disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Publicly, anyway, he, he certainly has. But uh, I think it was always going to happen because, again, something we've spoken about very recently was how many games Celtic were winning. Mm. Won loads and loads of games from the 
from the Bayer Leverkusen game onwards, like 24 out of 27 or something they'd won. But then it's it started in the last three or four weeks, basically since half time at Aberdeen, yeah, I think. Yeah. We've just no looked quite the same. Blue Rangers away, went out and did the same to Motherwell threatened like we were going to do against Aberdeen mm. and then ever since then it's been a wee bit shaky form Aye, that, um, we've been talking about the form of the podcast for a, a wee while Melly, and we, we did say I think it might have been last week we might have said you can't play that badly and expect to continue to win games and there was an element of that Hibs result being in the post for a while yeah it's, like, it's a tough game going Easter Road it's, it's one of those games when in the grand scheme and you're looking at the form I think it's eight domestic games since we came back in January and that's the only one we've dropped points in. Yeah. It, it's not the end of the world, but because I'm playing well and got ahead in the league, and you said it last week, it's only three points despite yeah. us winning all those games. The turnaround's been good, but looking at the game as well, it was the performance that was more alarming than anything because we've had the results early in the season where we've just peppered the goal and just couldn't finish them off. We've created chances, but in this one... You've got the feeling in previous games like the Dundee United game we were at with a, a badder goal and all that that ah, it was coming even the Dundee game last week mm. we've got enough here but that game there was nothing like the, the players didn't get the crowd going at all there was not, wasn't was that big chance where you thought ah and then there was another chance after it that makes you believe towards the end of this game we'll get something because Celtic were just doing the complete basics and fundamentals wrong. It was bobbling off players. It was summed up by Hitati at the end when he ran over to stop the ball going out of play and he just slipped over and yeah, the ball it. rolls out. And you're like, it's not our day to day. And to have so many players off form, like even Cal McGregor's passing was poor. The free in midfield were woeful. Jota was blazing things over from miles out. There was no chances getting created for Maeda. And even Glabada missed a dec two decent chances that... Most other times you'd think he'd bury them, but it was the performance. You'd never felt like ah, Celtic aren't going to win this, and that was from quite early on. I think that I, I think the Celtic players got a wee bit frustrated. I think Ange says he was happy mm. with the performance, or he was happy with the approach rather, but the result control as well controlled the what, game. Was the we, we did control the game, but again, Celtic always do, Aye. and and a lot yeah. of the times teams let us. You know, the teams in the domestic league don't ever take the game to us. They always sit back, condense the defence, sit really deep, low block, as everybody wants to call it now. Don't know you're talking about, mate. Hibs pressed us manically, according to their Twitter. Ah, so. yeah, according to their Twitter feed, Hibs are very <laughs> impressed by that there was one, one point, press. There was one point where I, I just checked the, the stats on FopMob on mm. my phone watching the game, and I think it was about 55, 60 odd minutes. Uh, and Hibs had an XG and expected goals of zero, <laughs> zero point zero zero, and Celtic had like zero point five five or something like that. So it was one of those games. I can understand maybe where Andrew is a wee bit disappointed with the game, and so far as we did have a good couple of chances, but I think the problem is Maeda, and uh, and what I'm saying mm. with that is I'm no hundred percent convinced by Maeda yet, and I know there'll be people in the comments saying he scored X amount of goals and X. Okay, that's fine, right? But the problem is. When teams force us wide and just let us say, okay, if you're going to score against us, you're going to have to score a cross. We're throwing crosses in, 40-odd crosses we had in that game, to a five-foot-seven striker who's just getting mauled by defenders. He's And that I don't think that's Maeda's game. I don't think that's his fault, but I don't think that's his game either. But Hibs were so condensed defensively that we couldn't really get any sort of attacking threat any other way. Now... We were talking about this before the podcast. The difference with Maeda and Yakimakis is when Yakimakis isn't scoring, he's working his arse off, he's doing absolutely everything else. Maeda, yeah, he does a lot of running, a lot of crossing about, closing off, but he doesn't put himself about. He's no holding defenders, he's no rolling defenders, he's no bringing other people into play. He's a bit like an Ayeti who runs a wee bit more than Albion Ayeti does. <laughs> he's that type of player, that penalty box player. You think he wants he wants balls threaded through so he yeah. can run on them and finish them into the net and buy the keeper, but he's no... Say Clamalla. Say Kenny Miller. Just just do it. No, I think, that's, I think that's a wee bit unfair. I think that is a wee bit... <laughs> not, not as bad as like the Kenny Miller or Clamalla. He's not an out-and-out, -out, not a dog chasing a ball. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's, he's, not, he's not that sort of player. He's more like a, a Gary Hooper that runs a wee bit more, but right. it's... I just wish... I wish I think put it this way I think if Yakimakis was playing we probably would have won that game yeah I think so and that that doesn't mean to say Maeda's a bad player it's just he's a completely different qualities to him because mm. we've seen the, the Dundee game it was that header was you're not going to really get I don't know Maeda scored a header recently but 
when you've got Jack and Marcus, you've got options to go low or go high with mm. Maeda, you don't. And Maeda's already scored a goal against Hibs. It was a low cross and he gets in there and scores. We didn't do that at all for him at the weekend. And There's just too many bodies for the low cross. That's what I mean. Like Hibs had like, at one point they had like three and five. They were like really, really, yeah. there was 10 bodies behind the box. Even I said it after the game, one of the things that I did buy, he says, look, even when we are crossing, there's 20 bodies in the box. It's very difficult to get the ball in the back of the net at that point. Yeah, there is. But that, that means what you need to do is be better with your passing and your crossing. Mm. And Celtic simply, their passing was dreadful. Absolutely. Yeah. Tom Rogic dribbled once and the ball was behind him because he forgot <laughs> to bring it with him. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so there's, th- this is the thing. When, when you've got so many players that aren't doing the basics right and the fundamentals when you're getting into these areas it's taking longer which means they're getting mm. back quicker like Celtic are at their best when they're getting it forward quicker somebody's making a run beyond there's two different guys you can take out I can remember it was only like two or three times in the second half we managed to get it out wide and get the overlap so a player could either go inside or play it down mm. just didn't do it enough and you're, you're asking yourself what's the difference between this team and the team three weeks ago that was wiping the floor with Rangers and Motherwell there's not a massive difference for a start we're not taking on as many shots uh, I remember watching and this isn't something that specifically has been flagged up by anyone but I just remember watching Celtic going god and you watch the stats on Fotwob or Google after it and you're like every game before, prior to Rangers we were consistently getting plus 20 shots yeah. on goal We were just, and I was like this is mad like almost every game we're peppering the goal since that sort of half time at Mother, half time at Aberdeen point, I don't think we've had twenty shots on goal in one game since. So we're no. not even getting as many shots off as we used to. And another thing that I'm not seeing so much is in my head. Obviously, this isn't based on any stats I've been looking at, but in my head, I picture you, Jota. He liked to cut inside and take the shot. I think he did that twice or three times against Hibs, oh, but every time he was leaning back yeah. and he were right over the bar. But you think, well, if we're not getting any luck with the crosses, keep doing that. Keep cutting inside and taking your man on. But it seems like in the last couple of games, Stephen, we've just resorted to like masses of, and the crosses are all dead floaty. No, oh, I don't. And and the and what there's always like it seems like there's always just one guy attacking it. I remember it was the Dundee game. I think we're attacking the front post, and fair enough, Yakimakis got a goal at the front post. But when the ball went over his head, there's nobody at the back post. Yeah, yeah, and the the crosses as as well. I mean, Maeda did score from a cross against Bodo. In fairness, so that was that was a pinpoint mm. one. They just glanced across. But you look at some of the crosses against Hibs and it's, it is just floaty, chipped things in. Yeah. The Maybe, keeper's huge, you know? Yeah, and that, <laughs> that just, is about six or seven or something. that's the like difference. Like, yeah. Bodo were defending like a normal team. Like, we'd chip across and they'd have maybe four defenders in or whatever. But that Hibs box was condensed. And you're like, we try to pick out my eight yeah. amongst uh, ten Hibs bodies. I had to laugh at the Aidan McGeady talking about how they're putting in too many clipped... Floaty crosses. I was like, you, you would, you would know, you would, you would spot <laughs> one of them. Son. I did. I uh, <laughs> a, a intensely charismatic performance on oh. Sky Sports. Um, yeah, it's a very, very frustrating game. But you, you look at the at Maida's performance, and I said last week I was relaxed about his contribution, and I still am. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just unfortunate that I said that. Uh, just before a, a very poor game from him, I, th- I still think he's going to be a good player. And people do say to you, but ah, he's had X amount of you know goal contributions in so mm. many games, or whatever. It is. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fine, and he has done that. But that's no valid when he turns in a performance like that because you you watch him playing a game like that, and you think, well, right, the stats are telling me that thing that he's done previously, but he's not being sent out there to take bad touches on the halfway line nah. and let the ball pad off him and so miss sells and not getting on the end of chances. Those things happened in that game. That that's but there's no point in telling me that he scored a game in a previous game. Uh, scored the goal in a previous yeah. game rather. Uh, so I think he's been he's been pretty good for Celtic so far. Looks a wee bit low in confidence. Don't think it's helped by the fact that Ange doesn't seem to have and with good reason he doesn't seem to have any faith in some of the current backup attackers mm-hmm. James no. were chasing a goal in that game really desperate for a goal in fact because drop points there Rangers could go out and win they didn't <laughs> key, key yeah. thing to remember is they didn't and uh, so they could have easily gone out and won that game like I think we all expected them to do so we're desperate for a goal and James Forrest doesn't doesn't even go on the pitch no, Karamoko no. doesn't come out it would have been you know, fanciful to stick him in there mm. and, and expect him to turn the game but James Forrest or you know big Big game player and all that doesn't even make the pitch. In my, just Are you left surprised he only made one substitution in the game. Yes, hmm. uh, I don't know. <laughs> Having thought about it, just off the top of my head, I don't know what I would have done necessarily. But I was quite surprised to see just one sub when we're desperately chasing a goal. As I say, highest assist I was on the bench. So 
Tony Rao, nah, nah, that's very true. I mean, you're looking at the bench, I'm looking at here, Bitton, McCarthy, Adaguchi, Scott Bain, Matt O'Reilly, James Forrest, Ralston, Welsh and Dembele. I mean, it's, there's none of them screaming game changer, is there? No, no. I mean, Matt O'Reilly came on and was better than Rogic, but that doesn't mean he was good because Rogic was dreadful. But <laughs> apart from that, what are you looking at? Forrest on for a badder. If you're asking me who's more likely to get a goal... It's always going to be a badder. So. Plenty of shoring up options on there. Oh, Beaton, McCarthy, Andy Deguchi, and Wells or whoever it was. For 5 0 up, it would have been class. <laughs> are, we, are we blowing this out of proportion a wee bit? I mean, it's, it's just a 0 0 draw away yeah. at Hibs. We're not going to. That's, you know, if on the, in the course of a league, no, no matter what the season is, when you look across the whole course of a league, you're going to drop points here and there. Yeah. And it's just because the title race is so needly and it's so tight. And as Rangers showed it, they drop points. Maybe there's a maybe there's a European hangover. Maybe uh, I'd be more inclined to believe the European hangover thing had they not rested so many players. Yeah, for, for, for the game because how do you get a hangover in a game that you didn't really play? But yeah. I mean, is that is there an element of like blown this out of proportion a wee bit? Do we just have to accept sometimes we're going to drop points, especially in a difficult game like that? Yeah, I think look when you after the the game you're obviously very disappointed because the performance was poor, but. In the grand scheme of it, we're saying Celtic haven't been great recently, but if you look at our league form, it is sensational. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. sensational. And there's no getting away from that. We said that you can't just keep winning games. Easter Road away is a tough game for Celtic. We don't have a great... It's uh, been won, for a while, yeah. Uh, we won there earlier in the season, but before that, it's been a long time since we won there in the league. It's a tough game and you're looking at it, it comes off the back of the Europe, European thing as well and you're expecting a reaction after going out that and Celtic just sort of looked passive but it's it's because it is so tight and look, I'd resign myself to it straight after the game well, that's one point then mm. and you know, we've got uh, St Mirren during the week and then we've got Livingston away next oh. week so you're like that but... <laughs> We, we were on the bus. We were on the Real bus. Real bogey team, aren't they? Aye, that, that's, that's the problem. There's no le- there's no room for any sort of slip ups here. And like, you come back in the bus and you hear, we didn't even get to hear Rangers were one 0 up because it was too quick for our goals. It's two 0 and you think, well, that's it. Please don't batter them so it cuts down in the goal difference. So we we got an absolute bonus yesterday because no matter how disappointed we are, it is ten times worse for them because. Look at look at us at that that I already mentioned the Dundee United game when they dropped points mm. to Ross County. We went in there and then the later that game's going and we didn't get re- we weren't getting the result and then to get it and then beat them in the next game. It's all about that. But now we're down to ten games to go. They need to better us in two games. So it is we got off on one there, but they'll definitely be more disappointed. And I seen you see the final whistle in the Rangers game when it ball goes back to Al McGregor and he boots up there. Yeah. What empty seats about for a oh, team? Oh, they were leaving. I watched chasing it. a goal. Yeah. Uh, supporting made, a team. They still made the noise. Counted the final whistle right enough. Even though oh, a few yeah. of them had left, I still heard them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, were, they were. They were not happy. Do you think ultimately going out of Europe might benefit us in the league? Because if Rangers, I think they'll probably get through. They're not called Red Star Belgrade anymore. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. As, uh, I don't know. Like, how oh, he doesn't even know. <laughs> no, 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 so disrespectful, uh, Stephen. Red versus getting. Yeah, something <laughs> nailed, definitely that. Nailed this. Yeah, so you'd, you'd think maybe Rangers get by them another four ties in Europe in an already congested season it's, it's going to be pretty tricky for them yeah well in a way them I was kind of relaxed about their participation in Europe as well because I thought it was win-win for Celtic mm. if they beat Borussia Dortmund then it's another pretty hard tie that they're going to need to play in amongst this title race mm. if they go out then it could be quite demoralising for them so I thought either way that's, that's absolutely fine I didn't really expect for for us to go and be yeah. completely demoralised well, and then drop points in the next game right enough the, the Motherwell at home game if you're looking at our fixtures and their fixtures Hibs away and probably Livingston before we come up against each other you're like we could maybe drop points in one of them you wouldn't look at them playing Motherwell and go they might drop points there yeah, so yeah, you that, need to take these home, yeah. it, we have got what's it St Mirren and Livingston next St Mirren and Livingston yeah. man they're rubbing his wee slimy yeah, claws oh, right no, God. just Having seen the last couple of games and based on the performances we've seen the last couple of weeks, Stephen, you're putting your best of living out against St Mirren midweek. Who is it? Uh, well, back five picks itself, I mm. think. I think we go with uh, Bain. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the team that beat Rangers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Quite frankly, it is. Uh, I think Hatati's been 
pish recently, yeah. to, to be honest. Mm. But that's, you know, again, a little bit of adjustment period is, is allowed for these players. It's just unfortunate it comes after they look so impressive in the yeah. last few yeah. games. Um, they, he has been a little bit off, very off it, quite I, frankly. Just, yeah, yeah. Right, he's been, he's been well. completely off it in the last few games. Keeps giving the ball away as well. And it has gone well, well beyond that imaginary point that I said, look, I'm fine with him giving the ball mm. away because he's trying <laughs> to make things happen. <laughs> yeah. But there's a limit. He's gone miles for the other team. Guy, he's gone miles beyond that mm. that limit that I set myself in my own head. But I think the alternatives you, you can't play O'Reilly and Rogic because we've seen it twice now, and it's just a just a mess, really. I think you go with Hatati and O'Reilly for now. It's just on, on the O'Reilly and Rogic thing. I don't think that's so much a system error as in these two players can't possibly play together, right? Because they're good players. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They both play in attacking positions, and I think one's left footed, one's right footed. And they've got enough differences and all that. I just think it's that Rodgick's been so poor. It mm. doesn't matter who you're playing in there with Tom Rodgick. He's like a man down, effectively. Both left-footed, incidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are yeah, they? Yeah. My yeah. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Rogic has been decent domestically, but we're wanting to move beyond that, aren't we? Because you can't rely. Play. We'll play Tom Rogic every week. Then when we get into Europe, now we can't play him because he doesn't play well in there. I, I want more. I want more energy in there. And that's why I think Hitati and O'Reilly... Like, that Rangers game, the midfield free that day were absolutely mm. brilliant. Yeah. Abada was brilliant. Jack and Marcus gave them a torrid time and Jota. We just and, need to get... Interestingly, like no Maeda and, and both of your best starting 11s. No, not, not no. right now. But just as you said, Jack and Marcus gives us something different because we can play it low or we can go high. It gives the defenders something to think about. Plus... You must have seen that tweet where it was, it was genetically built in a lab for yeah, Livingston yeah. away, so we need that. I still just don't really know what Maeda is yet. I don't mm, really no. know what his best you know, attributes and be- I know he's very fast and I know he, he works very hard and he, he runs about a lot. But I, I couldn't for the life of me tell you what his best position is just yet. He's played wide left, he's played mm. through the middle, maybe drifted a wee bit here and there. Don't know quite what he is yet. I worry that Maeda best operates in space. And you don't get an awful lot of that in behind enemy lines when you're mm, playing yeah. domestic opposition in these crowded Kyogo, boxes. It's a bit similar to Kyogo, but isn't it? And he's had no problem with that. And when you watch, I know it's the old YouTube videos, but very similar sort of finishes. Mm, so I mm. think if we, it could just be a wee confidence thing because he was playing where Plake scored and then came in, then dropped out of the team, come back in. If if the rest of the team's playing well against Hibs and Maeda has a bad game, you can go, aye, but it's not as if they're creating bucket loads of chances for the guy or passing it through to him and he's taking mm. bad touches they played it through to him once and he went round the keeper and the keeper done really yes, well yeah, to yeah. get away with it so just might take that one goal to get him going but if Jack Marcus is fit for during the weekend and the, week- and the weekend I think he goes straight back in it's been pissed since he shaved that wee moustache off oh. Maeda, I think uh, that may have been the source of his power we're not writing these guys off no, no, we're not writing not. my head off we're just no. talking about the here and now bad week mate bad. in the, the performances it was a bad week for us it was a bad week for Rangers I, I think both teams are going to drop points in these last 10 domestic yeah. games I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see any sustained run Um and again, it just a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago, we sat and we were doing the podcast, and we said this Rangers game is going to be huge. And then you're already, I know there's a lot of ties, a lot of football to be played. You know, almost a month worth of football to be played between now and the next Rangers game. But again, I just can't help but focus on this Rangers game and go, that was going to be huge as well because <laughs> that, I mean, that could be in effect a, a title decider. Yeah, the, the fixtures between that we have got Dundee United in there, and there is an international break in there. But I think it's St Johnston, St Mirren. Ross County and Livingston mm. all before that game you can get maximum points there that that will leave us what six games and the, the I, don't, three... I just don't see I don't see us getting maximum points in those games uh, well, Living, yeah. the home get the three of them are home games I think so mm. they should take they should take care of themselves although home form's not been sparkling but you've got to win the home games against those bottom six teams yeah. and we, we simply have to go to Livingston and beat them sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the law of averages says that we need to beat Livingston one time. Look, it's heating up, baby. Oh. <laughs> the league is getting spicy. Um, and you know what? I don't know how much stress I can get put through because it's for some reason I'm feeling this. This this league title campaign is just I just I don't know if I've got the nerve to hold through, Steve. Well, I wasn't going to reveal this, but now that you've brought up the stress, can you see that? Can you see this little patch here? Just on my chin. On so you, you can see yeah. it on the camera there. I've been pulling hairs out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a little bald patch on my on my chin hair there. I've just been pulling hairs out of <laughs> Some of these games have been pretty stressful for us. Oh, I, I, I think we... I remember, was it not last week we sat down and began the podcast we talked about how stressful a week it was 
or was it the week before? <laughs> I can't the, remember. The Dundee game was quite stressful. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, stop doing it, Celtic. Okay, <laughs> we want league wins to be easy. We know, we know all the hard work that you've put in, Ange. We know how difficult it's been building this team back up to potential league champions. But just make it a slightly bit easier for us, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be good. And look, that brings an end to another episode of Twenty Minute Tims. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you for everyone who watches on YouTube. Um, Someone left a really kind comment last week on YouTube. He says, beggars belief that this channel's got less than 4,000 subscribers. Right. And actually, more than half of the people that watch this aren't actually subscribed. So just take a wee second and hit subscribe. Please. Um, if you listen to this on our podcast app, please leave us a nice, lovely five-star review. But most of all, thank you so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.